All right, I'm recording, assisting recording. Welcome back to the Moose Bros Podcast, where we're one podcast away from getting our videos back. I'm Harris, Hancho Harris on the gram, here with my brother and co-host Armin, Armin Moose on the gram. Teams are making moves, Bills are losing games, let's get into it. So the biggest news coming out this week, literally as I'm editing our last video talking about trades and whatnot, the New York Jets decide to get rid of Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I think Adam Gay said that they were trying to trade him for a while now, but no team was really willing to pick up on that contract. So they just cut him. It looks like it was between three teams, the Bills, Chiefs, and Dolphins. And the Chiefs, I guess, picked him up. What are your thoughts? Uh, power moves. Yeah. Power moves by the Chiefs. Um, and that what Dwayne Wade said when uh, Kevin Durant went to the uh, Golden State Warriors. Is it? That was his reaction. Power I'm pretty moves. positive. He was like, power moves. Yes. <laughs> so every time somebody makes a trade, I, I, I hit him with that power moves. But anyway, um, it was kind of expected and a perfect situation for whoever team was picking up, let alone the Chiefs, who just added that fifth Thanos ring. Um, he, Because from my understanding with the contract situation is the next team going to sign him, signs him for the veteran minimum, basically. They could sign him for like a million dollars, and the Jets have to pay the rest of that contract which is like six seven million and when you look at it from the chief standpoint i get power moves you know what i mean like perfect situation you take a you take a a flyer on a guy for one million dollars who's been an all pro before who's gonna you know probably succeed in your system based on what he's done previously and if he sucks who cares he sucks like you know you already got your team in place but for the jets what in the fuck is going on? Like, generally, what in the fuck is going on with that team? How can you let go of a player? Like, if you're the owner, right? To me, if I'm a player on that team, it looks like they're buying it to Adam Gase. I don't they're, know. They're what? Buying it? Buying into Adam Gase. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. They're just when you thought, like, they couldn't get any worse. They go out and like totally redeem themselves. Yeah, it's it's crazy because they couldn't trade him because no team was going to give him the money. So now they essentially have to pay him that money. And that's why other teams are willing to just give him a veteran minimum for that's probably not even a million dollars. And he's fine taking it, too. He's like, I'm getting like six million from the Jets. I don't care if I get another few hundred thousand from the Chiefs just so I can win a Super Bowl rumors coming out. And this is good for Le'Veon Bell's PR, too, because he only signed a one year deal. But apparently Miami was willing to give him more money, and he was kind of like, no, I want to win a championship. Where reality is, he didn't really need that money from Miami. He's going to sign that one-year deal, be like, I just want to win. I'm not here for the money. He's going to win a championship with Kansas City, become a free agent, and then cash in wherever he wants to next year, probably Miami, and still be getting paid by the Jets. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like uh, He couldn't be the happier, happiest guy in the NFL right now. Gets to leave... Uh, just an awful organization from head to toe right now, it looks like. And then go to a you know potential Super Bowl winner where he can actually make an impact because the way they play with the running backs uh, out of the you know backfield as a pa uh, pass catchers. So he's actually probably going to get the ball in his hands compared to what he was doing with the Jets, not seeing the field at all, not getting the ball at all. 
So he's probably got to be the happiest guy in the NFL right now. Absurd move by the Jets. I, I genuinely don't get... Because at the end of the day, if no one wants to trade for him, he's... I mean, unless unless he completely fell off and, and like the Jets were like, dude, no one else knows this guy sucks now, so let's get rid of him, which I doubt. But I just don't see that making any sense for the Jets at all because... Unless you believe in Adam Gase, unless you think he's your coach going forward still and you want to make sure he has the team he needs or whatever because he was signed before that GM and Gase got there. Or maybe the GM himself is like, we're not going to you know, deal with you next year anyway, so you could just leave now, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I'd imagine – I'd imagine, like, for instance, Jacksonville Jaguars couldn't trade Leonard Fournette and – I could see that happening because Leonard Fournette hasn't done what Le'Veon Bell has done so far in his NFL career. And he's not as versatile as Le'Veon Bell. For somebody not wanting to trade for Le'Veon Bell, like not even like a six-round pick for that contract, I don't know. That's interesting. But I just don't get what the hell the Jets were doing. I really don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, stories were coming out that they were trying to shop him even before the trade deadline last year because him and Gase weren't really getting along. So I guess they couldn't get rid of him last year. This year he came in and played like one. Yeah, he played like five or six carries in the Bills game, got hurt, thrown on IR. And yeah, I mean, like you said, it almost seems like the Jets are buying into Adam Gase more than they are into their roster. And if they aren't buying into Adam Gase, then they're just fucking themselves for whoever the next coach will be because this guy's got to deal with ridiculous amount of dead cap space from this deal. Um, potentially not a franchise quarterback. So I don't, I don't know what they're thinking going forward. Yeah, that Jets position coming into next year looks very unattractive if they are bringing in a new coach. But I don't know. I really don't get it. It kind of feels like – like I'm not even mad at – you know, it's like, <clears throat> for instance, if we're going to compare it to uh, Kevin Durant going to the Warriors, like the league was kind of, I guess, angry about that, right? Like, oh, how why would he go to the best team? They just, you know, came off a finals appearance, blah, blah, this and that. But I can't even be mad at the Chiefs at this point. Like, who in their right mind wouldn't go after Le'Veon Bell when they don't even have to pay him? The Jets are paying him. Like, it's absolutely absurd that 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 opportunity even presented itself. And it's like, even if they just drafted that uh, French guy to be the number one back, like, hey, he's a rookie. He can sit on the bench a little bit. Let's give Le'Veon a try, you know? Like, let's... Let's put the best team we can to go and get the Super Bowl again. And you can't even be mad at the Chiefs for, I guess, because some people are out there saying, oh, they ruined the league, blah, blah. They got out like they're a powerhouse, this and that. But you can't even be mad at them for taking that opportunity because Jets fumbled it. Yeah, I mean, even like Kansas City, like besides the first game, the French guy hasn't done that much. So running back was kind of a need. Uh, Even if you take a risk on a guy like Le'Veon Bell, you're not paying money for him. This is... It's different than Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant, you know, still had to get paid by Golden State. Le'Veon Bell is playing for free for Kansas City. If you're Kansas City, you, yeah, you, there's no way you don't take advantage of this. If you're Kansas City, even if the Dolphins give them a bigger deal, I mean, unless it's absurd, you probably outmatch that and you give him the best opportunity to win a championship. For him, this is a win-win situation. He's going to get paid. He's going to go to a Super Bowl contender. And then next year, he'll probably get paid again, like by the Jets and whoever else signs him. 
Yeah, it was like honestly the perfect situation for Le'Veon Bell. And it's funny, we talked about before about players going to Twitter and Instagram, talking about how much they hate their team, blah, blah, this and that. And it works. Fuck it. Just do it. Just fucking go out there. Honestly, I would do it like, for instance, if, because we talked about Allen Robinson doing it and like not really owning up to it or whatever, but I honestly feel like if somebody asked Le'Veon Bell, hey, did you like a post of Adam Gase being a goon? He'd be like, yeah, I did it. That's how much he fucking hated it there. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, the, I'm on the player side on this one. Like, I really don't get, I guess you could say he like duped the jets and what he, he made like 28 million or something with them. And like, or was it 19 million? Something absurd. And only, and only played like freaking 10 games. I don't know how much you play. Like, I don't know. I just, I just think for for his camp over there, if that was a chess move, maybe that was a chess move. Maybe they, they wanted to set that up or something. Maybe they knew that they wanted to get rid of him, so they're like, hey, Le'Veon, force your hand, start liking pictures of his googly eyes and him <laughs> blasting smelling salts, talk about yeah. how he fucking sucks, and maybe he got right. out of there, and it worked. I don't know. Good move from him. And I think uh, – I guess the next, you know, leading question going into it was because he wasn't doing well in a Jets uniform. How do you think he'll do in Kansas City? Yeah, that's that's the thing. A lot of stories are coming out comparing him to um, Larry Johnson when he was with Kansas City, comparing him to Steven Jackson when he was with the Rams, saying his better days are behind him. He kind of went over that rush attempt mark where they don't really come back from it. They don't rebound. They Their pockets get too heavy, you know, because they set that benchmark and then their production goes down. I think, I don't know. I, th- I think Le'Veon Bell still has some left in him. I think he was being utilized wrong in New York, as you can say for most players there. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is kind of a prove it for him to prove that he still got it. I think he'll do well in Kansas City considering their type of offense. Yeah, I think he's going to do well. I When I look back at his team on the Pittsburgh Steelers when he was an all-pro, he had a stacked team. He had a good offensive line, and he was able to put up a lot of good numbers in the receiving game as well as the running game. He was utilized well, and yeah, he was younger then. And then he took that year off, went to the Jets, barely played. I feel like he was injured a lot. And I feel like he's still kind of fresh. Like Even though he was injured, he didn't really get those – 300 carries a season type bruises throughout the you know two the two seasons he was there with the Jets and he had an awful offensive line and no matter how good you are as a running back you're never going to produce without your offensive line being as bad as they were <clears throat> so I mean I guess you could say it's attested to him that he wasn't a good enough back to overcome his bad offensive line but not really you know like I think when he had opportunities, he made plays and still shown that he was, uh, if not an all-pro back, I mean, at least a Pro Bowl starting caliber back. And I think when he comes in with the Jets, or when he comes in with Kansas City, that field's going to be open for him. Those screen passes, they love to run. The, you know, him out of the backfield with open space. Him as a receiver in the slot with Patrick Mahomes. And then he has, obviously, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, uh, Nicole Hardman, all those guys to spread the field to give him what he does best is make people miss in the open field. So unless he just lost all of his ability, which I 
don't think that happened, but I guess the only time will tell. I think he's going to be a succeed in Kansas City. He's going to play really well. And like you said, probably cash out next year. Um, and probably, like you said, Miami, just because he like, lives there and he loves that scene apparently. So I could see him going down there, especially if Miami, I guess, trending upwards uh, with you know in their rebuild. I can see him latching onto that. But we'll see. Yeah, especially if he wins a, especially if he wins a ring in Kansas City. I mean, he's kind of achieved that, you know, that one thing everybody wants. So for him, you know, he's gotten everything he wants in his career, so he can just kind of go wherever he wants. Um, you know, whatever makes him, I guess, happiest. Um, but I did see someone tweet how Mike Tomlin should get credit considering the fact that he had to deal with the headache that Le'Veon Bell gave him and uh, what Antonio Brown did. Uh, I think I, I do agree, you know, keeping those guys in check and keeping them productive for a while on your team and making them, you know, a big contributor to your team. I think that talks uh, volumes for Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I think being able – there's so much that goes on in an NFL locker room and behind the scenes that – NFL fans and executives and all those people really aren't privy to. And it's pretty – usually when something blows up and something spills over and boils over, that means it reached a point where it got so bad. But I can only imagine before that, like you said, credit to Mike Tomlin for probably keeping everything on the wraps that people had no idea how long this was brewing for and how long there were headaches or how long – you know, they were causing issues or whatever. And then finally it spills over and now everybody knows. And it looks bad on Mike Tomlin. Like it looks bad on Mike Tomlin's point at that time when it happened, like, Oh, he can't control the locker room, this and that, but he probably had full control of the locker room until it just eventually all spilled over and everyone knew about what was going on. So yeah, definitely credit to him for, I guess, keeping it, you know, contain, yeah, control contain for, for as much as he could. Yeah. Cause then you saw when they left, uh, yeah, just how yeah, bad it really know. was where other teams could not do. Exactly. Yeah. Did. Antonio yeah. Brown's departure with the, uh, Raiders was a shit show. And then with the Pats and all the allegations and all that. And then obviously, yeah, now with Le'Veon Bell, I mean, it wasn't that bad, but obviously not playing a whole season and then going to the jets. And now all this stuff coming out, he hates Adam Gase, all this, blah, blah. Definitely, yeah, definitely credit for, you know, to Tomlin. For what we know, I don't know, who knows, maybe Tomlin was fucking stirring the pot right. over there, telling Le'Veon he sucks, and Tony <laughs> Brown should get the ball more. Big Ben put down a fucking cheeseburger and, like, look over for him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where Le'Veon Bell goes from here. Um, but I think being in Kansas City, too, they're, they kind of run a tight ship there. They don't have time to be dealing with bullshit. So if he starts acting up there, he's just going to get caught. And Right, you know, that's, that's the... They'll be fine with That's Frenchie. the luxury of signing him to that veteran minimum or whatever they signed him to because the Jets are paying his contract. Right. So it's like if he sucks, if he's not doing what the team wants him to do and who know, you know, whatever, he tells Andy Reid to, you know, share cheeseburgers with him and Andy Reid doesn't want to do it, you know, tells Patrick Mahomes to get off TikTok or whatever the hell he's doing, they could just cut him. He's off on the catch-up, yeah. All right, so moving on, we usually do a Thursday night football recap, but seeing how COVID fucked everything up, I guess we can do a Tuesday night football recap, even though it's a couple of days late. Uh, Tuesday, the Bills 
played the Titans. Um, not really what we expected from the Buffalo Bills, considering their first few games where they were just an offensive powerhouse. They they seem to have gotten shut down. I think they only put up what uh, sixteen points. Is is this what you expected to happen, or did you think they were going to put up more of a fight? I I don't want to say I expect this to happen because of the Titans not practicing for two weeks. I don't know how much you heard uh, Jay Feely said that, but Jay Feely during the game said that after every fourth down run or a uh, four-yard run, <laughs> he's just like, well, I didn't expect this from a team who didn't practice in two weeks. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I also heard the fact that uh, Ryan Tannehill ran in a park. Yeah, to keep his times. ankles warm or whatever the fuck he was talking about every goddamn fucking time. Anyway, I digress. Um, <clears throat> I expected a good game, even though they were coming off that hiatus. But I didn't expect them to get blown out. And I said earlier before that, you know, Josh Allen has been playing well and credit where credit's due, but he hasn't been tested. And people are looking at the Rams game and the. Um, and the Raiders game is, I guess, tests, quote-unquote. But really, they're middle-of-the-park defenses, middle-of-the-park teams, to be honest. If you look at who the Rams beat and who the um, the Raiders beat, I, mean, I guess you could say Raiders beat the uh, Chiefs just now, yeah, and then the New Orleans Saints, but it looks like they got them on bad days. But who knows? I mean, that could be the Raiders are just a good team. But anyway... So this was his really, I guess, his first test to a, a decent defense, a good defense, and he regressed to the mean. I mean, his first interception wasn't a, his fault. It was thrown a little bit behind, but bounced off the guy. That second interception, I don't I mean, of course, we don't know whose fault it actually was because it, maybe it was a read the wide receiver didn't see, it was a read the quarterback didn't see, but it looked like Josh Allen read whatever the hell he read wrong and threw it right to Malcolm Butler. And when you saw him on the sideline, he was shaking his head super pissed as if he did wrong, not somebody else. But a lot of people are saying that it was the receiver's fault. Some bullshit. I don't know. Regardless, it was a bad pick. And they just looked – overall, their defense looked absolutely atrocious. Obviously, everyone saw what happened to Josh Norman getting thrown out of the stadium. And – um. You know, it was it was their first test against a good team and they didn't they didn't live up to it. So I don't know. Earl Thomas is probably the happiest guy in the world right now because the memes of him becoming a lead blocker for Derrick Henry are finally dying down as Josh Norman becomes an internet meme. Uh yeah, like you said, Josh Allen, yeah, that first interception was you know, it was uh dropped by the receiver and was picked off. The second one though yeah, I mean, it really looked like it was Josh Allen's fault. As much as people want to try to defend him, um, I don't know if you didn't see Malcolm Butler, but Malcolm Butler got a clear uh, break on that ball and intercepted it. Unless underneath receiver ran too deep, causing it, you know, Butler to drop back or something. That was, you know, very Josh Allen's fault. And I think, you know, you mentioned before how his mechanics have improved. I think his mechanics have improved when he has time to throw. I think once he gets rushed and, you know, gets pressured, he gets, starts to get flustered and just all those, you know, new learn mechanics go out the window and he goes back to relying on his arm solely. So I think maybe pressuring Josh Allen is really the answer. And you could almost see it in the second half of that Rams game 
when they started breaking through and, you know, they got a couple sacks on them, rushed them, forced a fumble. But you can see when the Rams were starting to bring the pressure that Josh Allen started to regress. So not saying that is the answer, but that seems to be kind of what he's headed towards is throwing those mechanics out of the window and going back to, you know, old Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, that happens with any quarterback. That's why whenever... That's why whenever quarterbacks come out and they're like they have a long throwing motion or whatever the hell it is, typically those guys, they're not going to fix their throwing motion. When you pick up a football, you start throwing over time and you develop it and it's solidified. That's what your throwing motion, because what happens is, for instance, you know, like you said, when you get pressured, I mean, your body is your body, right? It's, there's neurotransmitters. I don't want to get too scientific here, but that's what causes you to throw the way you throw. And when you're under pressure, you don't go because, for instance, obviously, when you're practicing, there's no pressure. You can go through. You could step perfectly. You could rotate your hips perfectly. You can do all that perfectly. But the moment you're in a game, there's pressure around you. You forget all that shit. You're trying to get the ball out and you do it how you feel naturally. And you do it the way you learned how to do it. Not the new way you just learned over a course of three years of two years or whatever. When I look back. Blake Bortles, for instance, he came out with a really bad throwing mission. And he never fixed it. That one season he played, that 2017 season, he had a quicker release and a more clean throwing motion. But that was when things were going right. The moment games got heavy and he was under pressure, he was back to looking like a fucking hieroglyphic, whatever the hell that thing was, whatever that meme was, uh, where he, like, flipped the ball underneath and he, like, windmilled the (laughs) passes, like – that's, I mean, and at the end of the day, it's like he's going to always regress to that until, you know, like I said, if the pocket's clean and all that, he then he has time. It feels like practice. But when it's a game situation, these people flying around him, there's no way that, you know, 10 out of 10 times you're going to have that perfect pass or that perfect rotation and stuff like that. And that's where his fault is. I don't, the, the game, I mean, the, the game definitely wasn't his fault. Yeah. Why they yeah. lost. I mean, the, the Titans had three scoring drives, I think, all in the Bills' territory. I think all of them, like, 30 yards right. long. But, I mean, two of those were because, because of, of his interceptions. Right, because of the turnovers yeah. and then that fumble or whatever. So, he was. I don't think he was, like, the reason they lost, but he definitely kind of looked like the old Josh Allen for the, at least that game. Yeah. So, we'll see. He's going to be, again, tested by the Chiefs coming up. But... He, he did not look good. And I know a lot of people are going to give him excuses and this and that. And I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback because of this one game, but for that one game, he did not look good. Because a lot of people are like, oh, what about Lamar Jackson? Like, he looked like shit against Kansas City. Everyone's giving him excuses. Like, no, he looked like shit against Kansas City. And I think people will say he looked like shit against Kansas City, but he didn't look like shit against his other teams. So we're going to evaluate him as an overall, but we can't deny he looked like shit just because he did look like shit. So the same thing with Josh Allen. He looked like shit, and we're going to say he looks like shit unless he doesn't. So not that he's a shit quarterback overall, but for that game, he did not look good. And actually, just thinking right now, I'm reminded when he was playing Miami, and he he threw a pass to Stephon Diggs off of his back foot, and people are just like, oh, my God, what a great pass by Josh Allen. But if you look at it, like Diggs made a great move on Noah Igbenigbeni, and then he made a great catch on the sidelines. So he kind of got saved by Diggs' great route running and that, you know, 
if that was a good corner, you know, not a rookie corner, that wouldn't have probably been a good pass. People would have been like, why is this guy throwing it off his back foot, you know, to a covered receiver? So I think him having good teammates around, uh, having great receiving core, great offensive line is what's causing him to be as good as he is. But, uh, you know, I don't know that much about football and the details of, you know, his mechanics and all of that to really make a, a call on it. And like you said, this is one bad game. This doesn't mean that Josh Allen just is shit now for the rest of the year. Um, but I want to touch on the other side too. You saw Josh Norman get embarrassed, but I think that's the least of the Buffalo Bills problems because their defense seems to be falling apart almost. Um, I don't know if Matt Milano was back in this game. I know they've had yeah, they've had injuries. Uh, both Tredavious White and um, Wallace were out uh, in the cornerbacks. Uh, is that defense kind of falling apart, do you think? Or do you think just the injuries are what's keeping them? Because they've, they've allowed quite a few points. They've allowed the Rams almost to come back and then this game too. Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't watched, watched enough Bills games to kind of get an idea of how they're defense is playing but last year it was an obvious strength they're one of the best defenses in the league if not the best defense in the league and there's been injuries and on this for you know this year and with defenses it's tough because sometimes once you figure it out you have to adjust and once you figure it out you're figured out maybe that's what's happening maybe it's the combination of both but they have not looked good at all and it'll be definitely interesting to see if Josh if their defense plays as bad as they've been playing throughout the season if Josh Allen can you know carry them uh to the playoffs with you know a shit defense or whatever yeah yeah it will be well did you want to talk about the Titans at all or no fuck them talk about Ryan Tannehill's uh, Terry Air Jordan attempt. Yeah, dude, when yeah. that happened, like, <laughs> I think, I mean, I noticed it at least. I don't know if all, like, players did, but everyone felt that in their knee, like, oh, my God, like that representative. And the best part was, like, he was laughing and whatever, and I don't know how many people noticed, but I remember the day after a lot of people were talking about it. But, yeah, when it happened, I was like, dude, imagine if he tore his ACL in that stupid-ass celebration. Oh, I know. It reminds me of, uh, I forgot who the, it was a defense alignment that like celebrated, like jumped up and I don't know, did something and then landed on his ACL after getting a sack and just like, yeah, uh, yeah. Or I want to say it was like a, yeah, just like I want to say someone from the bears or something like that. Yeah. I yeah, feel like I that's something. So. Yeah. He was like celebrating and was like geeked and then fucking tore his shit. That's yeah. gotta be the worst, man. It literally makes you afraid to like celebrate for the rest of the season. I'd imagine. I know. Um, Reminds me too. I think it was Gus Farad that like head butted the wall Got or something. Gave himself a yeah. concussion. Or was it gr- Gramatica too? Right? He like kicked the game winner or some shit. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like did like a chest bump and fucking his knee blew out. Yeah, man. Tough luck. So moving on, I don't know if you heard much about this. I know when you did your predictions, I think you said if Michael Thomas is back from an injury, the Saints are gonna win. Well, it turns out Michael Thomas did come back from an injury and in practice decided to just pick a fight with a, a player and pretty much got suspended for last Monday night's game. Um, did you Do you know much about it? Do you think this is really being blown out of proportion? or I don't know. It looks like I want to say that something 
there was more that happened to it that led up to him being suspended. And I think he just got fined and potentially like voided his guarantees or something like that. Cause there's like that verbiage in the contract. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. I, I didn't read much into it. I, I think there was more that led up to that for them to be like, all right, let's suspend him. Cause I feel like fights happen all the time. So I feel like there was a lot more heading into that just random outburst for them to be like, no, that's it. You can't, because I'd imagine the, if he's fought a guy for the first time, I'd imagine like the team would sit down the guys, like listen what the fuck happened or whatever. Especially when he's a star player, because they have more, they're on a looser leash and they they're more lenient with a player like him. If it was just some practice squad bozo coming in trying to suplex people, like all right, get off the fucking team. So, I mean, just I could be totally wrong, but I think a lot more happened before that incident. That led them to be like, all right, we're going to suspend you and fine you and all that shit. Yeah, I think this this kind of might be, people might be blowing it out of proportion, but there are stories coming out saying that New Orleans doesn't want to play. You know, they did have that kind of clause in his contract, kind of like Earl Thomas, where if he did something that was detrimental to the team, that he could get cut without like uh, getting paid or a cap hit. So teams are saying that, uh, New Orleans kind of might even want to move on from Michael Thomas. And this was kind of their way of blowing it out of proportion. So they did, they don't have to pay him that, you know, whatever cap hit or whatever. And they're, you know, almost starting to move on from him. Do you think that is the case? I mean, this guy is your franchise. Uh, you, know, you know what that's labeled? Hmm. That's a power move. Uh, that's interesting I mean honestly the way NFL teams and businesses run they're they're pretty cutthroat and that's some shit that they would do it'd be really interesting to let a player like that go and I mean I guess uh, if you want to go with the meme culture it's not that hard to replace a four yard slant but well you bring that up because they're saying that this all started way back when he got into a beef with Devontae Parker, who mentioned who didn't even come at him. He just said that it's harder to play against Stefan Diggs than it is to cover Michael Thomas. And they just decided to go back at it on Instagram. And they're saying that his, I guess, unhappiness for with whatever it might be, might even be showing back then. And it just boiled over now in practice. Right, and that's what I'm saying. It could be that there's a lot of rumblings probably in the locker room. He's probably telling Drew Brees, like, dude, you're going to get your noodle arm to go past five yards. I'm tired of these four-yard slants. Champagne, uh, fucking champagne, get your dumbo ears out of my fucking way. I can't see the ball. I can imagine that a lot of that stuff was going on, and then finally he went and put up the uh, fist of cuffs against this uh, fucking random corner. And Oh, he's actually a pretty good corner. So and then they're fine. Like, all right, I'm sick of this clown. Fuck it, fight him. We don't need him. And his fucking Squidward head, or well, not Squidward. What does he have? Squidward's house, right? And I'm just trying to Squidward's think of all the memes. He has like a stone head. Anyway. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a pretty funny. But anyway, I that's why to me I feel like there's a ton of frustration boiling over, like you know, boiling, and then just finally just reached its, uh, you know, spillover, and it caused this. And it would be like I said, it would be interesting to see if the if the 
I could see NFL teams through and through doing that, knowing that, oh, hey, uh, in his contract it says if he ever gets into an altercation with a player, we could find him and cut his guarantees. Let's do it. Fuck it, you know, because they care yeah. about their money. They can care less about Michael Thomas. So, I don't know, really interesting. And I think, especially considering the whole offseason they had with the Drew Brees and – how they're able to weather the storm when he said what he said about the flag and this and that. And, you know, everyone is against him and the saints were backing him up and this and that going back and forth. They were able to weather that storm. Now they got to weather this one. Who knows how they approach it, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see the season going forward. If he decides to run past uh, four yards to see if Drew Brees can hit him. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because he just signed that huge contract with New Orleans, almost kind of guaranteeing he'll be there for a while. It, I mean, it almost seems like the Saints don't think he has a future there if Drew Brees isn't there. Like uh, Taysom Hill won't throw him those slants or something. But speaking of quarterbacks, I just wanted to touch on the situation in Miami. I think Miami fans are kind of getting antsy, trying to see if Tua will be their quarterback of the future, but he's not even seeing the field. The only field he's seeing is when he's celebrating with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Fitzpatrick has been putting up numbers. He's been getting some W's. Do you think Tua sees the field in 2020? I know you said like probably after the bye week, but their bye week just got moved up. Yeah. Um, if Ryan Fitzpatrick keeps playing and winning games, then I don't see it maybe the last two weeks of the season because they know Ryan Fitzpatrick is retiring or he's leaving or whatever. Then Tua gets, you know, a meaningless game where he could just see what he's got. Kind of like what um, Kansas City did with uh, Patrick Mahomes. I could see that. But the way Fitzpatrick is playing is he's keeping him competitive and he's allowing the Dolphins coaches and staff to see who they have moving forward, who they have that could play in the NFL, who they have that could fit their system, that fit their team. Once Ryan Fitzpatrick stops doing that is when they'll, I think they'll bring in Tua. Um, I, I'm a believer and you just, your guy has it or he doesn't and sitting a year doesn't really help that much because I mean, like uh, how much is really like we just talked about in practice. Like even if you work on your mechanics, all day practice. Once you get to a game, you start shitting your pants. And the mechanics will go out of the window. Window. So, to me, I'm a believer in you play right away, especially if you're a first round pick. But everyone has like their kind of view on that because they've seen the success of like say Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes. But I truly think that Aaron Rodgers and those type of players who made it work in that situation were going to be good right off the bat anyway. Yeah, I mean, it might be – I think it's a scenario where you got to get used to the game. Like, you're not going to permanently change your mechanics, but it's something where you get used to the speed of the game. And I think the more practice you have against NFL-caliber defenses will get you ready for, you know, game time. So I'm fine with him sitting on the bench, especially if your starting quarterback is doing good. I just don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing uh, – I don't think he's doing great enough for Miami to be a contender for playoffs this year. So like you said, like once it gets towards the end when Miami is officially knocked out of the playoffs, I think Tua will get in. And as a Dolphins fan, I'm perfectly fine waiting for him to be there. Like he's not going to do anything to put Miami into the playoffs, I don't think. 
so you know playing him now won't really matter as compared to playing him in the last few weeks um the scenario would have been great for him coming out of a bye week because i think he would have played like the jets twice and i forgot some other like shitty team so you know he could have gotten to practice against those bottom feeder teams but now miami coming out of the bye week i think they got some pretty hard games coming up so i don't think he'll play out of that bye week but yeah ryan fitzpatrick seems to be doing like he's not doing anything great he's kind of doing just enough not to get canned and i've heard stories of analysts being like we should probably be worried about tua because he's not like you know he's not playing like how bad is he that he can't replace ryan fitzpatrick but i don't think that's the scenario i think the scenario is that ryan fitzpatrick is just good enough for Miami to not rush into playing Tua, especially coming off an injury. Yeah, I think that I think exactly that. I think the Dolphins are being very patient with Tua, and it is a good thing if, you know, your 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 quarterback is allowed to, you know, keep your team competitive and might not get you to the playoffs, but you at least see that what you have in your team. So going forward with Tua, you know what you need to do to get better. So when he gets in there, he's not thrown to the wolves and has a really awful first year and, you know, shoots himself in the foot, loses confidence and all that. But to me, the reason I say playing, because, for instance, practice is practice. And, I mean, playing high school football obviously is not to the level of NFL and college D1 or anything like that. But when you're in practice, it's one thing to play at that game speed and, you you know, practice how you play type shit. But you're against your friends, you're against your teammates, and you're never going to go as that hard. You're not going to go and try and twist their necks and shit. Some people do, actually. I can't say that. Some people are psychos. But <laughs> We just talked about a, a guy getting into a fight with Yeah, yeah, some practice, people are but... fucking psychos. But, you know what I mean? But when it comes to the end, like when it comes to actually playing on game day, it's a whole nother experience. Like every everyone's leveled up. Everyone's adrenaline's out of this world. Everyone is you're going to playing, you're representing your team, you're representing your brand and you're going playing another guy trying to fucking, you know, kick the shit out of him. So I think that's where like, it's good to have him practice, get him used to an NFL routine and all that, blah, blah. But to me, it's throw him out there, see if he can like how well he does. Cause the worst thing right now for the dolphins would be the worst case scenario is if he goes out there next year and sucks ass and they're like, oh, we just wasted a year, like, not evaluating him. So now we have to push back. You know, you're, you're in that awkward stage of, like, he's still not ready. What the hell type thing. Yeah, but I think Miami's not in a situation where next year they're going to draft a quarterback. Like, they're not one of those bottom teams that could be making a run for uh, Lawrence or Fields or anybody like no, that. No, they're not. But, for instance, if – Tua comes out and completely shits the bed, then you're gonna have to you're gonna have some questions about your quarterback position. So I guess the longer you're away from knowing he's the answer, or not the longer you're away of knowing you have your franchise guy. So I mean, not to say that one season you know that he's the guy or not. Six games, you know he you know he's the guy or not. But next year, if he comes out and he plays absolutely awful, you're gonna start to really question his ability. I think. Well, I think you address it at that point and decide that all right like this guy's not doing it maybe we are going to be in a running in the 2022 draft for a quarterback 
But I think right. But what if? Okay, I guess what I'm saying is, what if this year he plays, and he's absolutely awful. And now you're in the running for one of the top quarterbacks coming out. But I don't think Miami's in a situation like that. I think there's a lot of teams that are. A I lot mean, you worse. don't know how the season's going to play out. I'm saying, like, if right now he takes over for Fitzpatrick, right, five weeks into yeah. the season, and the rest of the season he completely blows, like he just does not look good at all, and you end up with the top three pick. Right, compared to compared to next year, if he starts the full year and you wind up with a top three pick, you're gonna be like, uh, there's no one out here we can get. I guess I'm just saying that's the worst case scenario. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think I'm saying that's why I think you should go out and pull your guy because you really don't know what you have until you know what you have. Yeah, I I think Miami's fine being patient with him though. Um. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's like I said, their approach, both work. Not to say that one works to the other. It's really your preference. But yeah. they're being patient, and by all means, he's coming off an injury. Have him sit, and you build a better team for him next year so he could be successful, so you don't have to worry about picking your quarterback or not. Because a lot of times a good QB can be good, and the team around him is just absolutely trash, and you don't know what you actually got in him because – you never, you never even put him in a position to succeed. So, right. you know, there's always that case too. So, I, like I said, there's no wrong way or the right way. It's like preference, and I just prefer to have your guy out there and see what the fuck he has versus him sitting and then next year you see he sucks. Yeah, I mean, seeing how Rodgers and uh, Mahomes ended up, I think I'm fine with my yeah, guy sitting. Yeah, the the hope. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's pretty much it for stories. Um, do you want to get to the pick six? Let's do it. And a pick and a six. Uh, man, last week you did fucking great. Damn right. Uh, dude, if the Patriots didn't have to postpone their game, you might have went eight. Like, you might have gotten them it. all. <laughs> well, you got lucky. I mean, the Chargers blew it against the Saints. Yeah. And the Hawks just came back, so... Right now you're you're you got seven of the eight games, but that's only because the eighth one isn't being played. And I got four out of, I guess four out of six, because I didn't get the two point conversion because the charges awesome. lost. So you're at you're sitting at twenty five. I'm at so twenty one. I, I told you all I needed was all I needed was one week to get my get right week. I'm back in it. Fucking dick. So I guess your first one is the Bengals at the Colts. Uh, I'm going Colts at this one. Bengals are getting absolutely mopped on the offensive line and they put up a really bad game aj green is ready to get the hell out of there uh, i'm going colts on this one all right my first one is the lions at the jaguars um i actually you didn't put out your podcast yet at the time of this recording so i don't know what your thoughts are but man i jack's gotta win one more game at least analysts were predicting them to go two and 14 so I want to get you know have them get that second game out of the way. So I'm gonna to have to pick the Jaguars nice. on this one. Uh, your next one is the Falcons at the Vikings. Uh, I'm going with the. Wow, this one's tough. I'm gonna to go with the Falcons. They just fired their coach. So they're gonna be all jazzed up and whatnot. Vikings put up a good test against the Seahawks. So I could see them definitely winning this one too. But I'm just gonna go with the uh, Dan Quinless Falcons on this one. All right, mine is the Washington football team at the New York Giants. 
Oh, man. Is Kyle Allen back for Washington? I have no idea. I mean, if he's not back, then it's either going to be Haskins or Alex Smith. This is a tough one. Some shitty teams that nobody cares about. I got to pick now. Um, I'll go with Washington. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a safe bet there. Uh, so your next one is the Ravens at the Eagles. Oh, that one's pretty easy. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Uh, Carson Wentz has been absolutely shitting his pants, so I'm going to go with uh, Ravens. Yeah, I was actually watching a video on by uh, – oh, no, it wasn't. It was someone else. I forgot who it was. Uh, I was watching a video talk about Carson Wentz and trying to see if he's the problem now or if it's, you know, the offense in general where a guy breaks on film and he was saying just how bad Carson Wentz is where he's making bad reads, making horrible throws. So, yeah, it looked like looks like Carson Wentz has regressed quite a bit. Um, my next one is the Browns at the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers won last week, right? Yeah, Chase Claypool had, uh, I think, the four touchdowns. Yeah, 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 right. Oh, man, this is another tough one. Uh, it's hard to go against the Steelers right now. It's hard to go against the Browns, too. They're, they're on some shit. No pun Nick Chubb is going to be a... <laughs> Nick Chubb is going to be uh He's not back, right? He's gonna he's on IR to I'm return pretty sure, or something. Yeah. yeah, I think without Nick Chubb, um, I'm gonna have to give it to the Steelers. All right, so you got the Texans at the Titans. I'm gonna go with the Titans on this one. They're gonna continue that. Yeah, they played really well against the Bills, and then Texans really aren't that good of a team. Even though, like, they just beat Jacksonville, but it wasn't that much of a test for them. I'm going Titans. All right, I got the Packers at the Buccaneers. Jamal Williams said that his quarterback knows how to count to four. So I'm just going to stick with him and say Packers got this one. Yeah, Tom Brady's getting trashed by fucking players on Twitter and shit. Is that even the fans? <laughs> even the opposing fucking players are like, you're a fucking old hag. Get out of here. Uh, all right, you got the Rams at the 49ers. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to go with the Rams here. Jimmy G got freaking benched. That that's not a good look for the 49ers. Um, I'm going Rams. Uh, all right, so my next one is the Jets at the Dolphins. This is the first time that Brian Flores has actually been a favorite to win a game. And seeing what just happened in New York, I think uh, I'm going to have to go with B-Flow. I think the Dolphins got this one. Hell yeah, beat flow All right, so the game that we both have is the Bears at the Panthers. All right, go on, Panthers. Fuck Nick Foles. No, that's my dog, Nick Foles. Um, I'm going Panthers. They're a better team, I think. Yeah, oh, man. I think there's actually going to be a battle of the defenses because both teams have really good defenses. Uh, since you're going Panthers, I guess I'm going to have to go with the Bears. I was <laughs> kind of back and forth, but, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Bears on this. I actually – I was just, like, messing around going through stats. Do you know Robbie Anderson is, like, fourth in the league in <clears> – <throat> Yeah, he's crushing this year, man. Even Richard, he got the endorsement from Richard Sherman. He's like, he's established himself as a number one. So, um, crazy. He's his good. Marlon Wayne's looking ass. Yeah, dude, he's fucking, he's not a menace. All right. Um, all right. So this week we got two Monday night football matchups. Uh, I guess those are going to be our extra point and two point conversion. So for the extra point, we got the Cardinals at the Cowboys. Going Cardinals, Cowboys. Uh, not looking too good this year. Dak Prescott was crushing it, and then 
He's out. Red Rifle, I don't think he's got it in him. I'm going Cardinals. I am, too, uh, going with the Cardinals. They were my team. Uh, so, yeah, I got them in this one. All right. Um, so, I'm assuming you're going to go for two. We've done it all year. Yeah, I'm going for two. What do I look like, Doug Marone? The Mon- other Monday Night Football matchup is the Bills and Chiefs. This got moved to MNF, I believe. Or did this get moved to Monday Night? Yeah, I got moved yeah. to Monday at like 5 o'clock or something. Yeah. Um, some weird time. I'm going with Chiefs on this one. They're going to bounce back after that Raiders loss. I think they're a better team than the Bills, so I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, I think I don't think Le'Veon Bell will actually be eligible to play Monday night because he has to yeah. go through like five days of COVID or something. Yeah, some weird rule. Yeah. But either way, yeah, I think the Chiefs got this. Um, I mean, I guess – Statistically, it wouldn't make sense for the Chiefs to win because they did lose to Vegas and Buffalo beat Vegas. But I think this is a league of matchups. So, uh, yeah, I got the Chiefs in this one too. Right, well, that wraps it up. Thanks for tuning into the Moose Bros podcast. If you want to hear more, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you just want to see clips of this, just uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, yeah, go Hawks. Noise.